Bethlehem, Baby in a Manger, and Christmas Carols. Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible, Glitter, and Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson. Well, David, I have Christmas carols on my mind. How about you? (laughs) Yes, I love Christmas carols. What's your favorite? My all-time favorite would be Joy to the World. I mean, I remember singing it growing up. But I love the words, and I love the music. There's such power to the music, and it just sort of lifts my spirit. It's a very hopeful song. What about you, Mary? I'm thinking back to when I was a little girl, and we had a Christmas tree, and we'd turn out all the lights in the house and just let the lights of the tree sparkle, and and we'd sing Christmas carols. And one of my all-time favorites is Silent Night. Mm. Just just reviewing the birth of Jesus and singing about it. That's a beautiful song to me. It is. It's kind of the um, contrast to Joy of the World. It's more of a contemplative kind of song with wonderful words. One of my favorites as well. Well, in today's lesson, we're going to be talking about the birth of Jesus. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. What an exciting time, sort of when heaven meets earth. But it's good to get a context to this story because it involves... Actually, you know, Mary, who was pregnant, and then her husband, Joseph. So you kind of want to talk about that a little bit before we get into the actual story of the birth of Jesus, because that was some background. And especially in the book of Matthew, that probably comes out more, what that means to be betrothed and then married in that time and in that culture. Well, betrothed is... More than being engaged, like in our context, it was a sort of a legal contract that you had all the rights of a marriage except sleeping with your spouse. And so to to end a betrothal, you actually had to go through a divorce. It's a very important and binding kind of contract. So Joseph and Mary were betrothed. They were betrothed. They were bound together. And that it's at that point that the angel visits Mary and says, You're going to be with child. And that's at that point she's pregnant and she's betrothed to Joseph, and yet this is not Joseph's baby. Joseph knows they've not slept together. And it took an angel explaining that to Joseph too. Gabriel came to Joseph also and explained to him. Mary is with child from the Holy Spirit. This is the Son of God, this baby. So you're betrothed, but go ahead and get married. Marry her. And that's what Joseph did. That's what he did. When he woke up, he married Mary. And by the time they get to Bethlehem, in today's lesson, they're they're married, but he doesn't sleep with her. Matthew talks about that. He he doesn't actually sleep with her until after the birth of Jesus. So they're right. ma- husband and wife, but they haven't slept together. So Mary the Virgin gives birth to this baby Jesus in today's lesson. Right. Today's lesson begins in Luke chapter 2, and this is how Luke begins it. At that time, Augustus Caesar sent an order to all people in the countries that were under Roman rule. He goes on to talk about that you had to go back to the town of your ancestral birth in order to register because he was going to tax the people, and so he needed to 
take a census and so he could know how much money he needed to collect for the empire. And that's how the story begins. And so, and Luke goes on and talks about other individuals who were in power, who represented Rome in different regions and areas. And I think what Luke wants us to understand here is that he's setting the birth of Jesus in the context of world history and on the world stage. And later on, toward the end of the book of Acts, Paul is before another Roman representative. And when he was telling the story of Jesus, he says, this was not done off in some obscure corner. This was like done in the middle of the room, as it were, you know, for all to be aware of and see. And that's kind of what Luke is doing here. He's laying the story out on the stage of the world, because this is an important story that needs to be told. Right. And I I think it's impressive that, you know, it's not told like a fairy tale, you know, once upon a time in a faraway place. I mean, Luke is really laying out some details and and that could be checked out. That's you right. know, yep. the the census is a serious thing. It's a, a record, a government record. So somebody could go and look at the census and see Joseph, Mary, and you know, by naming the the people, the rulers, this becomes a record, something very legitimate in history, and that's something that. Even unbelievers cannot deny it's the birth of Jesus because it was set in history. And that's right, yeah. All but the actual day. <laughs> we don't know. Some, you know, people want to celebrate Christmas uh, December 25th. It's wonderful to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but actually, we don't know it was December 25th. No, there, and there may be actually indication it may not be that time of year because the shepherds were out in the fields tending their flocks, and that may not have happened in the winter. So, anyway, And it's that's, not always winter in the, around the world. We're in the South Pacific, and it's not winter in December. Not in December, <laughs> but summer. where they were it was, yeah, in December. But anyway, that, the exact date, I guess, of Jesus' birth is not important. It wasn't recorded for us, but the fact of his birth is what's important that we need to remember and to celebrate. So, I guess the first part of that story is the setting in history, and then we come to Joseph and Mary arriving in Bethlehem. This is the city of David. This is the city David was born in, another king. Yeah. But here they are arriving in Bethlehem, but they cannot find a place to stay easily. No, it says says down in verse 7th that there were no rooms left in the inn, and our most of our English translations use the word in, but that's not really an, a good translation because it wasn't referring to the local motel, you know, or hotel. The word in means lodging place or guest house. In fact, if you go to chapter 22 of Luke in verse 11, that same word is used here. And there in chapter 22, verse 11, it says, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I might eat the Passover with my disciples? And that word guest room is the same word here in chapter 2. So it's a guest room. Houses generally were two to four rooms. So probably the house may have been relatives of Joseph, and they were all filled up. So the only place available was where they kept the animals, and that's where they ended up, and that's where Jesus was born. Can you imagine the Savior of the world, such a humble beginning? In a room where uh, animals stayed, and he was put in this manger. 
And that would have just been like a little, a trough, a place where they kept hay for the animals to eat, right? right. Yeah. And often they kept the animals like in this room, in the, quote, in the house. They took them in at night to protect them from thieves and from wild animals. And so that's probably where this was when Jesus was born. So this is humble, but it's really interesting that the next thing that happens is a, an amazing announcement from the hosts of heaven, from all of these angels, to humble people. Because the scene shifts from where Jesus was born out into the open fields and the nearby area where these shepherds were. They were just doing what they were doing, tending their flock, watching over them, protecting them from the wild animals at night, and all of a sudden, the world changed. Their world changed. An angel appears and announces the birth of, of a Savior. I love what it says. The angel said to them, don't be afraid, because I am bringing you some good news. It will be a joy to all the people. There's your joy to the world. Today, your Savior was born in David's town. And it goes on to the angels say that this great thing has happened today, and they sing. They sing praises to God. The angels singing, angels we have heard on high, as the Christmas carol goes. (laughs) Uh, The angels sing, and they sing, give glory to God in heaven, and on earth let there be peace to the people who please God. So here are these shepherds out in the dark, out in the field, away from town, And the sky lights up with angels singing. How amazing is that? (laughs) And they all, and they say, go into Bethlehem and you will find the baby wrapped in cloths in a manger. And I don't know how long it took them to find Jesus, but they ended up finding him, just as the angel said. So I find this amazing, David. You know, this is a historical moment, this birth changes history. It involves angels coming down from heaven, giving this grand announcement, and then going back up into heaven. And here's Joseph and Mary with this baby. <laughs> Their first child. Their first child. And we all remember our first child. You're yeah. kind of uh, nervous about a lot of things. That's right. Add to it all of these things. And all of these things Pretty happening. Amazing. Yeah. But, you know, this is a child they will raise as they were raised, as faithful to God, keeping the, the Jewish traditions. That's what they know. They know that they're the people of God, and that's how you raise your children, to follow God. And so they did that. So they did what other Jewish parents all do, is they took their little boy to be circumcised on the eighth day just as they were commanded to do. And, um, and then we find them at the temple, because Bethlehem is near Jerusalem, right? Close by, not, not that far away. They go to the temple. As the law commanded, they offer the sacrifices for poor people, two turtle doves, to end the days of Mary's purification. And then they meet two individuals there in the temple area. So now, just to make sure I understand, this is still a baby, right? This is just right after his birth. He's still a this baby. This would be, he was yeah, circumcised on the eighth day, as the law says. And the law also says 33 days after that, uh, she would need to offer sacrifices to, in the days of her purification. So she would be sort of pure, clean, again, in, in a holy state. 
And so this is about 40 days or so after Jesus' birth when this takes place in, so they in have the temple. This, so they have this little baby, and they take him to the temple. And it so happens that they meet a man called Simeon. And it says in, in the Bible that Simeon had actually been praying to God that before he died, that God would allow him to see the salvation that he, was, that he lived for. So he was an old man too, right? His age is not given, but he was old as well. So here's this young couple, and here's Simeon. It says he was a good man. He was very religious. In the International Children's Bible, which I love to read when teaching children, in Luke chapter 2 and verse 25 and 26, it says, it says about Simeon, he was a good man and very religious. He was waiting for the time when God would help Israel. The Holy Spirit was in him, and the Holy Spirit told Simeon that he would not die before he saw the Christ promised by the Lord. And the Spirit led Simeon to the temple. So it's interesting, you know, this just didn't happen accidentally. You know, as Joseph and Mary were making their way to the temple to present their new baby, here is this old, old man, man. <laughs> that yeah. is, is being led by the Spirit to meet right. up with them. He says these wonderful things about, about Jesus here in verse 29 through verse 32. Because now he says, this is his prayer. And he thanks God that God has answered his prayer. He says, I have seen your salvation with my own eyes, that you prepared him before all peoples. And then he says this, he is a light for the nations to see, and also he will bring honor to your people, the Israelites. Wow, what a great thing to be able to say this and to affirm this. This is kind of Jesus' destiny, his, what he's born to do. So they've met up with Simeon, but while they were talking, there was a woman that overheard and that was Anna. So Anna was a prophetess who actually lived at the temple. She had been widowed at a young age, and she'd spent most of her life there at the temple. And so here's someone else hearing this good news. Here's this um, prophetess, Anna. And similar to Simeon, she also says that she talked about Jesus to all who were waiting for God to free Jerusalem. So both Simeon and Anna were anticipating God's deliverance of his people, and now they witness it. Here he is in, in their sight, in their presence. So from when you think of the age difference, this very young woman with this baby and these very old people at the temple, I mean, the range of that is amazing. This is good news no matter what age you are, no matter if you're from a poor town of Nazareth or if you're in the city and the hustle and the bustle of a temple in Jerusalem. It's just good news. So I just wanted to go back to that point about Anna. I love how her immediate response here, and the main thing that she does here, is goes and tells. She's telling everyone about this Savior of the world. And I love that, because when we hear amazing things from God, it, automatic response should be to go and tell the good news. That's right. I mean, the angels were doing that to the shepherds, and now Anna is carrying this on. It cannot yes. be stopped. Something really big has happened, hasn't it? <laughs> it's changed the world. 
Joseph and Mary, after they finished doing all what they were supposed to do in obedience to the law, they would go back home to Nazareth and they settle down. And this story ends by saying that Jesus became stronger and wiser and God's blessings were with him. Jesus grows physically and mentally and in his understanding of God. So it's a normal story in one sense. Parents giving birth to a child, raising him to follow God. That's a normal story in the one sense, and yet this is different. This is a child who's growing in wisdom and understanding, but amazing things will be happening with his life. So Mary, how would you tell the story to children? What do you think children would want to hear and know? Well, I mean, this is one of those times when there are so many resources for talking about this this event in the Bible, because Christians around the world are celebrating Christmas. And although I think sometimes people get off track about what that means, you know, there's so many other voices telling us, you know, it's about presents and decorations and Christmas trees and the hustle and bustle. Really, it comes down to, it's a good thing to remember this day. Because, you know, the angel said, today a child is born. So it was a special day. So I don't think it's bad at all to to remember that day, but maybe not get so sidetracked. So to answer your question, I think I'd borrow from a lot of the resources that are already around us. I mean, people are singing Christmas carols at at the time of the year around Christmas. Let's borrow those. Let's use those. I was just thinking of of some Christmas carols. You know, we talked about those earlier, but, you know, there's a song, Angels We Have Heard on High, that talks about the angels singing. It came upon a midnight clear, oh, holy night. I mean, there are a lot of really good Christmas songs that we could sing, and the kids know them. But, you know, when we sing them in Bible class, we we can put those songs against what we have learned in the Bible. I mean, I think even adults would enjoy singing Christmas carols. Adults and children singing them together. I think it's one of those times, too, you might want to bring up in conversation. Some of those Christmas carols are about fun and games, and that's okay. But maybe just take the time to explain something like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a a fun, made-up fable, (laughs) right? It's just a story. But the birth of Jesus is not just a story. So it's a good time to talk about the difference, about what the birth of Jesus really means. It's it's a good contrast. Another thing I would do, you know, a lot of us receive Christmas cards. A lot of there's a lot of Christmas cards and pictures floating around. Borrow those. You know, if you see good ones that actually depict an accurate scene of the birth of Jesus. Grab that and talk about it to the children. I think they'll enjoy that, too, or making their own Christmas cards. Okay, yeah. For really young children, this would be a great time to play with dolls. You know, have a a doll and have a manger with some hay and and recreate that scene of of that baby in the manger. That would be fun for little ones, I think. They could sing to the doll and talk about (laughs) Mary and Joseph And of course, I mean, there's always angel crafts. If you want to do some crafts in Bible class, this is a good time to do an angel craft because there actually were angels in this story. So this would be a good time to do an angel craft. There are a lot of good ideas online and 
uh, different ones you could do. If you're on a beach, do an angel in the sand. You know, right. Okay. a time you could actually talk about angels and and how they announce the birth of Jesus. Or if you're in the northern hemisphere, do an angel in the snow. There you go. Adapt. <laughs> Wherever you are. Right. I just think the main thing is because this story or a version of it is told over and over every year around Christmas. Sometimes it gets a little tired. And people think they know what happened. So this is a really good time to make sure you actually read the scripture. I think if if I open my Bible and reread the scripture and not just think I know it, because even as you and I have been discussing this as we're doing this podcast, I mean, both of us discovered new things in That's this, right, in this passage about. of scripture. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So open the Bible. Read Luke chapter 2 again. Uh, familiarize yourself with the story. And I would just add, this is what Mary did, actually, in chapter 2, verse 19. Mary hid these things in her heart, and she continued to think about them. So I would like to ask the question, what do you think Mary was pondering in her heart? What was she thinking? You know, she had the experience of receiving this announcement from the angel Gabriel that just you know, she couldn't put together what this all meant, but and yet she gave herself to God. And then now she gives birth, and these shepherds show up. And then she goes to the temple, and she hears this from Simeon and Anna. It shows she's experiencing all these things, and she's thinking about all of these things. What do these things really mean? And that becomes an example for us to read about these things. But we should pause and really think about these things and what they mean and the significance of what these things mean. You know, one other thought. I know we need to close the podcast, but I, you know, let's hear it for the stepdads. You know, I think about Joseph, and he was not the father of this baby. And yes, the angel came to him and explained to him and told him what God's will was, that he would marry Mary and raise this baby. You know, he still had to do it. You know, he had to do the hard work. He was the father to this baby in in all the earthly sense. He took care of Mary. He took care of this baby. He provided for his family. And I think there are a lot of dads, stepdads out there that are doing that. So I just want to put in a word for them. That's a great point. And thank you, Joseph, for stepping up. Well, we've talked about a lot uh, today, and, you know, it's really good for me to be reminded of these things in this story of the birth of Jesus, because sometimes in a time of crafts and all the glitter and the glue, especially at Christmas time, we want to just get straight to those crafts. But I think before the glitter and glue, it's great to actually delve into the Word of God. So I hope that you will take these insights from the Word of God and share those with the children in your life so that the Word of God not only means something to you, but it means something to them. And may God bless you as you continue to speak into the lives of children. Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit missionbibleclass.org for more free resources to help you share God's word with children.